welcome everybody to HomeKit Insider today. It is me, Andrew O'Hara, joined with my pal, Steven Robles, which if you guys did not know, as a person who lives in Florida, he actually does charity puppet shows for alligators on the weekends. It is incredibly touching. How you doing, man? Good. That's definitely uh, not true, but... Well, I'm pretty sure it was. I saw it on Facebook. You know, supposedly in Florida, there's an alligator in every body of water. I don't know if you knew that. I assumed they were like dogs. Like you, everyone just like has them, like as pets. Uh, that's not the case. But you know, some people, if you live near a body of water, they they might just come up and you know eat some of the bread you throw out your window. I thought you just like walked them like down the road or something. Problem is, if you walk them, you know they can they can go pretty fast when you don't expect it. Well, you know, so they they might just catch up and bite you on the ankle. You just have to train your alligator. Train your alligator. That's why you're doing those charity puppet shows for them. Isn't the name of your kid's book How to Train Your Alligator? Anyway. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into some news here, some HomeKit news. Two quick pieces of info. So the Linksys Velop wireless router line, they actually introduced a new model of their Wi-Fi 6 routers, and it's the new Velop. It's still under that Velop brand name. This is the AX4200. It is Wi-Fi 6, so the fastest Wi-Fi technology available. I had to dive into the technical space in order to actually see what the difference was between this new model and the MX-10 model. So I have the MX-10 Wi-Fi 6 model. And basically two main differences. Again, they both have Wi-Fi 6, but this new one, which is the AX4200, has slightly slower Wi-Fi speed. It's an AX4200 as opposed to the MX-10's AX5300. And the more expensive MX-10 has four Ethernet ports on the back, where the new Velop only has three, but it's still pretty good considering other routers. You know, like if you get an Eero, you get, what, one extra Ethernet port. So there's that. And then also the MX-10 has a slightly faster processor. It's a 2.2 gigahertz quad-core, whereas this new one is 1.4 gigahertz quad-core. But this new Velop Wi-Fi 6 router, you can get one for 250 bucks or you can spend $500 to get a three-pack of this new one. So if you wanted to get into that Wi-Fi 6 game, you can get this. And the whole reason why we're talking about it here on HomeKit is because Linksys, again, has promised that HomeKit is coming to these Velop routers. It's not shipping with HomeKit, this AX4200, but they have said HomeKit is coming to this and the MX-10 and their tri-band routers and all that. So did you see any, you haven't seen any update for your Linksys routers, have you? So I have it on the tri-band you do? Okay. already. I don't have it on the Wi-Fi 6, though. Right. Save it on my standard, like, Wi-Fi 5, those routers. That is there. That is working. All good. It's just not on the Wi-Fi 6 modules yet. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's available. We'll put a link in show notes. to Andrew had an article right up about it and links to buy them there. And then our second piece of news, Eve, actually added adaptive lighting to their Eve light strip. So this is the Eve light strip that is already out. It's not a new product, but if you can manage to update the firmware, they've added HomeKit adaptive lighting where, you know, depending on the room or time of day, it will actually adjust the tone or the temperature of that Eve light strip. So, but you were having some trouble actually updating this one, right? Yeah, it was unfortunate because I really was hoping to have a a more in-depth piece on this by the time we were recording this podcast. And I just have some 
I, I don't know, something going on with the Wi-Fi or something. It, it's like uploading the firmware and then it gets like right to the end and then it fails. Hmm. So I'm not sure why I'm having issues updating my Eve light strips. They're some of my favorite light strips because they're the most responsive. They're so quick. They're Wi-Fi connected and they're extremely bright. So they're actual like functional lighting and not just kind of ambient lighting. So I've always really liked these. I have a really nice one on the mantle that like backlights everything we have up there and it looks super cool. But yeah, I wasn't able to get this updated in time for the show to talk more about adaptive lighting. But this would be the first real product to roll out with uh, adaptive lighting. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Well, we'll put a link in show notes and you can kind of see Andrew messing around with that light strip. He's got a YouTube video up on that and also instructions on how to update the firmware. Let us know if you can get your Eve light strip to update and if you see that adaptive lighting feature come through. So I wanted to do a quick update on Homebridge. So if you didn't know, Homebridge is kind of that third-party local server utility that you can run on a Mac somewhere, and you can have plugins for different devices that are not HomeKit compatible, but Homebridge will get those devices into your HomeKit network kind of in a hacky way, but they work and they're pretty reliable. So I was running that on an iMac in my office, and I was trying to figure out, I wanted to get it on a like a Mac mini, something that didn't have a display, something I could know I could leave on all the time, didn't have to worry about display or anything like that. So I got a Mac mini and I put it up in my network and all that. I installed Homebridge pretty easily. I didn't do the whole backup restore thing. I think there is a way where you can backup your Homebridge settings and then restore it on a different computer. I didn't do that. I kind of set it up from scratch. And so I'll put a link to the last episode where I talked about Homebridge because it kind of went more in depth, but set up Homebridge on this new Mac mini working great. But the update I wanted to give you is if you have a Vivint security system, I don't know if there was an update to the plugin recently or if I just wasn't running the latest version. So with Homebridge, you know, you install different plugins depending on the kinds of devices. So I have plugins for some old Wemo stuff, SwitchBot has a plugin, and Vivint Security System actually has a verified plugin as well. And so that's what I'm running. So when I installed the new Vivint plugin to Homebridge and got it up and running, somehow it is now talking to every single sensor on my Vivint security network. So the last time I did this, I was able to get like my front door lock, which is through Vivint, and I was able to get maybe one other sensor. I forget exactly what it was, but I have lots of other sensors around the house and those just didn't show up. This time, when I installed it and ran it, I have everything, every door sensor, my front door sensor, I have a back door sensor, every smoke detector that was connected to Vivint now appears as like a smoke and temperature sensor. So I have all that in HomeKit. Uh, Even the cameras, while I don't see the camera feeds in HomeKit, every camera now acts as a motion sensor. So my Vivint security cameras, I can actually run automations or use it in HomeKit as that. And I can even arm and disarm the security system as a whole right inside HomeKit. And all those things weren't available before. So again, I don't know if it was a plugin update or just something different on the Homebridge that I installed now. Maybe it was a Homebridge update, but I really have access to almost everything in my Vivint security system now in my home app. I can use it for automations. I can arm disarm. I still have my front door lock connected. So kind of open up a whole world of new sensors and you know, triggers that I could use for my HomeKit devices. So I'm going to be playing around with that in the near future. But I thought that was pretty cool, especially if you have a Vivint security system in your home. I highly recommend try out Homebridge, get that verified plugin, and yeah, see if all your stuff pops up. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I like that you can have all of those from your security system show up with just that simple plugin. 
especially for something you already have installed and you don't have to switch to a HomeKit one. And I'm glad you're having better luck than I had with, with HomeBridge staying up because I was originally running mine on a Raspberry Pi or multiple Raspberry Pis and I had issues with them going down mm. pretty frequently. So it's really nice to see that your HomeBridge is staying up. But I mean, you're running yours on your Mac versus a <laughs> Raspberry Pi, which I hope would, in general would be just more reliable. Right. And I also moved my Harmony Logitech Hub to that Mac Mini. That's a third-party app. You can actually get in the App Store. And I'll talk about that maybe when we get to listener questions because someone had a question about a HomeKit home theater. But running that on the Mac Mini as well, and that's pretty reliable. So anyway, thought that was cool in case anyone has a Vivint security system and wanted to be able to control that stuff through HomeKit. Now, you have a couple products that you have sitting around your house, Andrew, that maybe you can give us a preview of. One is what we talked about last week, which was the Molecule Mini Plus, which actually has HomeKit. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, we've got a couple things here that I've been testing, and with the iPhone 12 and 12 Pro launch, I have not had time to really get into full in-depth reviews. So again, kind of minor teasers until I have a couple seconds to breathe and get these things done. So I guess starting off with the Molecule Air Mini Plus, I have been very impressed with it so far. I got it set up here in the studio, and we have... As I say this, I have a cat running around my feet and like conti- continuing to like purr and hit me. I think he's afraid of the <laughs> of Stephen's crocodiles. But mm. I I don't like have terrible allergies. But between our multiple bunnies and our cats and living out in the country and everything, I do end up like sneezing a bunch and will have like stuff in my head. And we've been really using a lot of. Uh, air purifiers in our house which definitely make a huge difference we got the we have a couple dyson ones we have the blue air 211 plus i want to say in our living room and we just have a lot of air purifiers so i did put one uh, the molecule air mini plus in the new studio and originally i was noticing my normal allergy stuff and runny nose and kind of sneezing a bit when i was down here and since putting that in, I've been pretty good. I haven't sneezed at all down here. Uh, the big thing that I was always worried about is odors. I don't want it to ever smell, and I can't tell completely that it doesn't smell down here because it's a we just built it, so most it smelled like slightly wet paint, which is <laughs> all dry now. But I haven't noticed any issues with that yet, but it just overall seems to be working well. As far as the HomeKit integration goes... It works exactly as you expect that it would. So it's a little little bit simpler than the Vocalink PureFlow. Inside of HomeKit, you have only two things. You have the speed, just kind of from zero to 100 there, and then you just have on and off. So you just have the option to you know, tap it to turn it on and off and manually adjust the speed. And of course, you can connect it to any automations that you'd like. So when the last person leaves, turn off molecule when you arrive home turn on molecule anything like that i know you may not necessarily want to turn it off every time you leave because a good air purifier is really running almost around the clock but if you're leaving for an extended period of time anything like that it makes it easy just to turn it off using your voice siri kill the molecule air purifier whatever you want to set it up as <laughs> it can do that so it's it's been great i thought you were making a video kill the radio star reference but i guess not. <laughs> It works just as it should. I mean, it's perfect in HomeKit. It's been responsive. It answers every time that I ask it to do something. So, of course, 
iOS 14, puts the air quality to the top so it doesn't show it as a separate tile down there in the home app. And then when you go into the device itself, you can see accessories and there's the air quality, which in my case is excellent. And then there's the air quality, the air purifier itself, which you can control on and off as well as the, just the, the limits. So I'm glad that that's in there because that was a big deal for being able to actually see that or ask Siri to get that information. You can ask Siri what the air quality of the studio is, and she'll be able to respond that back to you. So, so far, I mean, it's, it does exactly what it says it does, and it seems like a great little device, and I'm excited to try to test it a little bit further to see how quick it is and how it compares to, like, the five other air purifiers that we have in the house. All right, very cool. Well, we'd like to hear more about it once you have some more time with it. But you also have a Philips Iris, one of their new, you know, smart, I don't know if it's a, you call it a bulb or just a light but, you know, one of those iris things. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so so Hue signifies the parent company, and they, they create the Philips Hue line of smart uh, lighting solutions. So I can't think of what, the, what you want to call this. It's not really a fixture. It's not really, you know, not a pendant light or anything like that. It is an independent light uh, on its own. There's no removable bulb, and it's not a bulb that goes into anything else. It is just its own self-contained unit. And it has been a nice upgrade over the original version. The original version came out a long time ago, and it was the first accent lighting piece, like specifically accent lighting piece that Philips Hue came out with. And it was meant to like paint the wall with a color, which would create a really nice, you know, burst of color in a room that you can change, whether it's for ambient lighting or you just wanted some additional uh, accent stuff or some extra white light that you could bounce around the room. So it had a bunch of different kind of purposes, but its weaknesses were with certain colors. Blues and greens were a little rough. Um, I think orange, if I recall correctly, was a little not very orangey. Hmm. And the biggest update, I think, with this new version is they have really improved the saturation of those colors. It looks very nice. And if you've seen the last probably few videos that I've been doing, I was kind of toying around with putting it in the background. So I have some aperture lighting products that I use to throw up some lights in the background of our shots uh, and to do some fills. But because it's in a much larger light i kind of wanted to see what it would look like and i threw it up and so the biggest problem on the video right now is it's creating some banding issues it kind of flickers a little bit so i have to adjust some stuff on the camera to to mitigate that problem but it does create a really nice pop of color on there uh, it's hue so it works through zigbee and connects through the hue bridge making it home kit compatible if you do not want to go the bridge route or the home kit route you can still connect with this one via bluetooth which is a feature they've been adding to all of their new products so pretty much all their new bulbs and fixtures and lighting products all have a Bluetooth option, which allows you to connect to them directly without any bridge or Wi-Fi or anything like that. But that does get rid of HomeKit. So if you want to use HomeKit, you have to have the bridge. So I have not gone the Bluetooth route with this. I focus solely on, you know, the HomeKit and the, the Hue bridge kind of way of doing things, but it's mm -hmm. been a really nice light. It's bright, vivid, and it looks really cool because it has a like a clear back, and then the panel that is focusing the light on your wall, it's now like semi-opaque. So from behind, you actually get a pop of color where that light is coming through. It's just kind of very soft, and then most of the light is focused forward. But it looks really nice. It's a very cool accent piece. It's definitely been a good upgrade. Very cool. 
All right, well, let's hit some listener feedback and questions. First one, Alex Hall on Twitter. He's been tweeting a bunch of stuff. He's working with some NFC tags and automations. One question he had in the past was about turning off an outlet a certain number of minutes after it turns on, even if it's not part of an automation to turn on initially. And he said that he used Homebridge and there's a plugin called Homebridge Automation Switch. And he makes that particular process very simple to set up. So that's pretty cool. And then he had a question about NFC tags and he's setting up an automation and he wants to know if he has to build a shortcut with the NFC kind of like starting out, you know, so when you create a shortcut, you can choose the trigger, whether it's a time of day, whether it's connecting to a Bluetooth or Wi-Fi network or an NFC tag scan, and then you kind of create the steps. And so he was wondering, do you have to create it from that first, whereas you choose NFC as the initial part and then do all the steps? Or can you kind of have a shortcut just sitting there in your shortcuts app and then tell an NFC tag to activate that shortcut? And I would say... Kind of ish, yes. If you have an automation already in shortcut setup, a shortcut that you already have running some home stuff, you can create a new automation that's triggered by an NFC tag scan. And then you can use the step in, well, you can use this in any shortcut that you create. There's a step called run shortcut. And you can basically embed shortcuts in other shortcuts. And you could say, you know, when I scan this NFC tag, it can just be one step. And then one step is run this other shortcut I already have set up. And so you can do that and that would allow you to kind of leave that shortcut automation that you already created uh, there by itself alone, but then also create a new NFC tag trigger uh, without having to create that whole shortcut over again. So hope that helps. Try it out. Let us know what you think of that. I like that, that you can, if you already have a shortcut created, you can just create a trigger to run that shortcut nice and easy, or if you're creating something from scratch, you can do it that way as well. But you don't really have to go uh, one way or another. I don't think there's uh, too much of a difference on which way you do it in terms of performance. Yeah. All right, and then Jay Wyatt, our friend, he sent us a number of emails. He's asking some follow-up questions about home theater stuff and ripping DVDs. But one part of the question I wanted to highlight, he was asking, is there such a thing as a home kit, home theater? And, you know, this is... A tough question because, you know, when you talk about a home theater, there's so many devices in the signal chain, so to speak. You know, you probably have a receiver somewhere. You have, you know, your Apple TV or whatever other device, you know, that's actually playing the content. You have the actual TV itself. Then you have to be able to control all those devices in some way, like with a universal remote or something like that. So when we talk about home kit, home theater, the short answer is like, not really. But I'll again throw to my solution that I have running and that I moved to that Mac Mini that's uh, running Homebridge right now. There's this third-party app. I'll put it again in show notes. We've mentioned it in the past. But it's basically a Harmony Hub, like third-party hacky way to get it into HomeKit. And so if you get the Logitech Harmony IR Blaster Hub, I'll put a link to that also in show notes, that connects over Wi-Fi. There's an app that you can use on your iPhone and your iPad to control all the activities and individual devices of your home theater system. So that's not specifically HomeKit, but it's a great way to control it from your phone. And if you want to get into HomeKit, you get this third-party app in the Mac App Store. I'll put it in the show notes again. And that actually lets you put the activities that you set up on your Harmony Home Hub as HomeKit triggers. So I actually see my Logitech Harmony Home Theater Hub in my Home App, and I'm able to launch an activity 
right from there. And then I can create a shortcut to launch a specific activity if I want to do it with voice. And it gives you all those options. So I can at least change the activity, turn everything on, turn everything off through HomeKit. Then the only thing you really need to do is control the Apple TV or whatever whatever other device you're using to get your content. For that, at the end of my shortcut, I actually have it open the Apple TV software remote on my iPhone. And you can actually, we talked about this, I think last week, but you can have it open the Apple TV remote on your iPhone and jump it to a specific Apple TV if you have multiple in your house. And so if I hit one button, one shortcut, or activate it with my voice, basically everything in my home theater turns on and my iPhone is ready to control the Apple TV right there. So that's pretty cool. Or you could also do all that and then have it jump over to the Logitech Harmony Hub app and you can actually customize every activity and what buttons are available. And so like I have my volume up, down, mute, and a couple other commands kind of right there on the home screen of that Logitech app. So I'm ready to control my home theater. So as far as I know, that's been the best option for creating a HomeKit home theater. It's a little hacky. It does use a third-party app, but it gives you a good amount of control over it, and you can do everything with just your phone and a Siri shortcut. So there's like a lot to unpack here, which is what I'm trying to like struggle with on exactly what the solution is. So Jay says he's wondering if there are any HomeKit-supported speakers slash home theater systems available to basically use as surround sound for his TV that use either HDMI or optical cable as the input. Oh, right. And that's a lot to kind of, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what he's looking to do. Because like you said, there's a lot of device, when you say home theater, what does that mean? Are you talking about the TV, the, like the video itself, whatever is playing that projector TV? Are you talking about the, a receiver, a specific receiver that's driving a set of wired speakers in your house, you're like a 5.1 or 7.1 or an Atmos wired setup, or are you talking about like a, a soundbar type situation, or are you talking about what the source of the video is, your Apple TV or your cable box or something like that? There's There, there are HomeKit solutions for each step of that. Right. So for the TVs, obviously there are several TVs out there that are HomeKit enabled. You've talked about Sony's, LG's, uh, Vizio's that all support it. Uh, Samsung continues to be a wet blanket, only supporting (laughs) (laughs) AirPlay 2 and not full HomeKit. So you can't actually use like the controls, the like the TV controls or input controls or anything like that, which is a bummer. Then you have on the receiver side you technically have HomeKit with AirPlay 2. So if you're looking for just a, I don't know what you qualify as, like a HomeKit-supported speaker slash home theater system to use as a surround sound, that sounds like a standard receiver. So there are Denon ones, maybe um, Yamaha ones, I want to say, that support AirPlay 2. AirPlay 2, they do show in the Home app or controllable that way. You can cast audio to those directly, um, and include them in any other setups you have. So if you have HomePods around your house, as well as an AirPlay 2 receiver, you can send audio to your HomePods and to your AirPlay 2 setup at the same time. Perfect. If you're looking to for a HomeKit device that'll change inputs, like a receiver that you can change from HDMI to HDMI 2 to HDMI 3, something like that, and do that with HomeKit, no. That is not something that is out there yet. You have to either connect 
all of your inputs to your TV and use a HomeKit TV to change those inputs and then just send your audio out to the receiver and do it all that way. Or if you want to actually use your receiver to switch inputs and you want to do it through HomeKit, you have to do something like you're talking about with like a Logitech remote or some other HomeKit solution that way. There are HomeKit, There is a HomeKit remote spec that is not out yet or that no one's really supported yet other than maybe Control 4. And then there are HomeKit like things for HomeBridge that'll work with just IR blasters. So that would be the easiest way is picking up one of those cheap $20 IR blasters, setting it up through HomeBridge and using HomeKit to change the inputs on any dumb receiver. So you can right. literally just set up the, the buttons, map it, boom, 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 switch your receiver that way. So I'm not exactly sure if you also back up a little bit more going to like the Apple TV. Apple TV as the source, it is itself a HomeKit receiver essentially because you can cast your audio and video directly to the apple tv and apple tv can send audio elsewhere so you can use a home pod as an output for your apple tv so if you want to send it to one or two home pod minis or if you have an apple tv 4k and you want to send dolby atmos to a set of full-size home pods you can do that too so there are a lot of options here and i'm not exactly sure which solution jay is looking for but hopefully there's something in there that resonates with what he wants and i actually have a newer denon receiver that says HomeKit slash airplay but it's really just airplay you know i see the home theater come up when i want to choose an audio output mm-hmm. you know so i see my home pods and i see the denon receiver but yeah there's no control over what the receiver does from the home app or anything in HomeKit. for that i use my the logitech harmony hub well, you should still be able to use it as a source for HomeKit. So like when you're setting up an automation, so if you want to set an automation that plays a music playlist through that speaker, all oh, of that yeah, can yeah. work. Play pause through that receiver will work. But yeah, like you said, you cannot change the inputs or turn it on and off like you could a HomeKit TV. Right, exactly. Our final uh, listener question slash suggestion. This is Tim. He sent us an email asking about the Moros stuff or Moros. I really do not know how to pronounce it, but he was asking us if we could review some of their stuff. He's got their LED bulbs and the garage door opener and the waterproof outdoor outlet. And so he was wondering, you know, if we could talk about one of those. So as Andrew was talking, as my typical custom, I bought something. And so I have the the Maras outdoor waterproof, the double outlet home kit compatible thing. And so I have that coming. And we'll talk about that on the next show. I'll let you know my experience with it. It's you know basically just a outlet, to double outlet on one thing, and you can control each one from HomeKit. But I'm gonna try it out. Let you know what I think there. So Jay also had one other question too. Oh, that's right. That we didn't answer, which he was asking about uh, the Apple TVs. He's ready to go and pick up an Apple TV. He added it to his cart. And then he was wondering if there's going to be a new one on the horizon. And I have done a video on this as well. There is supposedly a new Apple TV launching very soon. So from what we've heard, Apple is really looking to increase its Apple Arcade titles, looking for something that is more grandiose in scope. They really want to have a excellent gaming platform, not just for your iPhone, your iPad, but your TV as well. And Currently, that processor is getting a little bit old in the Apple TV 4K. If you're just looking at streaming TV, you don't necessarily need anything more than what's in there now. But if we're looking at really impressive games, 
you're going to need a better processor and better graphics. So it sounds like we're going to have a new version of the Apple TV using um, like a, maybe like the A12Z Bionic processor, what's in the current iPad Pros, maybe even a variant of the A14 Bionic processor that just launched on the new iPhones. So it'll be incredibly powerful and graphically capable. It'll also have an updated remote. Uh, it sounds like Apple is going to be updating the Siri remote with new uh, capabilities where you can find it. So if you lose it in your couch cushion, you'll be able to use kind of its, its tracking abilities to pinpoint where it is, possibly with AR, maybe in combined effort with that HomePod mini, but basically just a kind of like a tile tracker built into the Siri remote itself. So Apple is not killing off the Apple TV, not by any means. They never will because it still sells a good amount of items. They still actually have a really high market share for as niche and expensive of a product as it is, when you're looking at Chromecast and Roku's and everything like that, and Apple still has a sizable market share, it's pretty impressive, especially competing with smart TVs. Every TV now is basically a smart TV where you can stream everything built in. So the fact that Apple has as much market share as they do, I think is pretty impressive. And the Apple TV is such a capable device between AirPlay and HomeKit and all of the apps and app stores and the HomeKit capabilities, multi-user stuff, the auto sign-in for apps. It's a pretty awesome uh, set-top box. So Apple is not going to be killing it off. Plus, they still want the Apple TV Plus is continuing to grow. Apple Arcade is continuing to grow. And HomeKit is getting more popular. So I think it's very important to kind of all those different verticals Apple has. So even if it's not the biggest moneymaker in its portfolio, it's pretty crucial to where they're going in the future with services. I mean, they just announced what? The, the Apple Fitness? Yep, Fitness Plus. Where your Apple Watch your live rings will show on your TV. Somehow your your Apple Watch is connecting to your Apple TV over Bluetooth or something and showing your heart rate and your rings on the screen while you're completing workouts. That is pretty darn awesome. So yeah, HomeKit and or the Apple TV is not going anywhere soon. And there's a new Apple TV that should be coming very, very soon. Yeah, and I almost wonder if that mysterious November event where Apple Silicon Max will be announced, I have to imagine that it'll be around then because it's the apple tv 4k is kind of long in the tooth and that would be an ideal time to show off all the chips and all the different new apple devices so i think what is more driving the apple tv at this point because from what i've heard is that it's it's really ready to go right there's really nothing holding it up but i think there's one thing that is and that is the tracking abilities in the remote because hmm. they don't want to debut they want to debut with their own device trackers air tags so they don't want to launch with Apple TV with AirTags in the remote without announcing AirTags first. Huh. And AirTags were held up. So AirTags didn't make it to like the September or the October events. So if that is ready for November, which it sounds like they, the AirTags may be ready now. So if AirTags do make it for November, then yes, that's a perfect time to be like, oh, also one more thing. Here's an Apple TV. <laughs> and we have AirTags built in natively into the remote. You can use augmented reality to find it in the, in the couch cushions. I think it's a pretty good whole package. All right, well, listeners, keep the questions, comments, and your home projects. Tell us what you're doing at your house. You can tweet with the hashtag HomeKitInsider. You can also mention Andrew and myself in that tweet. You can find our Twitter handles in show notes. You'll also find links to everything we talked about there in the show notes as well. 
Don't forget, we'd love if you could give us a five-star rating in Apple Podcasts, a rating and review. There's been so many of you doing that, even recently, giving us 10 to 13 and up stars in the title of your review, which is hilarious. Thank you all for doing that. If you need an alligator babysitter, be sure to reach out to Steven. Yep, yep, that's fine. I charge a premium, but I'll do it for you. But thanks for tuning in to Hoken Insider. We'll catch you next time.